Hello, I'm Dennis Nunn, and I want to welcome you to this continuing podcast about how to see results when we're sharing the good news of Jesus. You may remember over the last few podcasts, we've talked about that Jesus told his disciples they would receive power when the Holy Spirit had come upon them, and they would be his witnesses. So the Holy Spirit results in a life that's a witness, producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Jonas, and self-control. And we saw that he told them they'd receive power when the Spirit came upon them. They had the Holy Spirit in them, but they needed an empowering. They got on the day of Pentecost, and when the Bible recorded what happened, it said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and the result of that was that evangelism took place. So that, however, is them back then. What about us today? How does the Holy Spirit come upon me? How does the Holy Spirit come on or upon you? Now, that's a, that's a very appropriate question for us to ask because we, like the disciples, if you've really received Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you have the Holy Spirit in you. I have the Holy Spirit in me. He came in at the moment of our salvation. We were regenerated by the Spirit, he saved us, and then he took up residence inside of us, but also like the early disciples. If the fact that he's in there doesn't necessarily mean his power is going to be manifest, we need to be empowered or to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Notice what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, understand what the will of the Lord is, be filled with the Spirit. Every child of God ought to be interested in knowing the will of God for our lives. And so we'll pray, God, what's your will about marrying this person? God, what's your will about this career? God, what's your will about this house? The reality is, I know God's will for you because his will for you is the same as it is for me, and that is that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And interestingly, notice he doesn't say fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. It's be filled, and it's a command. It's an imperative. In other words, it's an order. It's an instruction to be filled with the Spirit, and it's present tense. It's something that's to be happening all the time. So if we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit, the question is, how are we to be filled with the Spirit? In other words, if we can't do it, it's got to happen to us, but we have a part. How are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Here's the fact. If something is filled with any substance or is going to be filled with any substance, it has to be emptied of anything that's already in it. Let me illustrate. Here I have a couple of containers. And suppose I want to fill this container with milk. So I'm going to proceed to fill this container with milk, but there's a problem. It's already got juicy juice in it. But I'm not worried about that. I'm just going to go ahead and start filling up this container with milk. And I don't know if you can see that very well or not. But when that happens, it curdles. It makes a nasty, putrid-looking mess. And the longer it sits, the nastier it looks. I tell people that's kind of like my life or your life. 
We try to put a little God in it, you know. Nope, that's not the way filling takes place. Here's another container. I want to fill this container with milk, like that one, but it also has juice in it. So what do I have to do before I can fill it with milk? I have to empty out what's in it, in this case, juice. So I'm going to do that. This container, now it's empty, and guess what? I can fill it with milk. Now this is a very basic, elementary, but accurate object lesson of the truth fact that if something is to be filled with any substance, it has to be emptied of anything that's already in it. So, how can you be filled with the Spirit? How can I be filled with the Spirit? We have to empty ourselves of anything and everything that doesn't please God. Well, how are we going to do that? We can't turn ourselves over and pour something out. The Bible tells us how we empty ourselves of ourselves. And by the way, we need to do that. Have you ever heard the expression, well, maybe you said it. Hopefully it's not been said of you or me. Whew, man, he's really full of himself. Oh, she's really full of herself. Guess what? In the flesh, I am full of myself. In the flesh, you are full of yourself. And so if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, we have to empty ourselves of ourselves. And the Bible tells us how to do it in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, notice this verse. What's the first word of this verse? If. That means maybe I will, maybe I won't. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Notice the second word, if we. This verse is not written to people that don't know Jesus. This verse is written to God's children. We, his people, his children. If we confess our sins, not somebody else's sins. Those are the ones we like to worry about, but it's, it's my sins, it's your sins. If we confess our sins, and notice that sins with an S on the end of it. That's talking about individual, specific sins. And as I said before in an earlier podcast, you don't have to understand Greek to understand the Bible, but if you do understand some Greek and you can get all kind of helps, you don't have to really know Greek, all kind of wonderful helps online you can get. This word confess is an interesting word. It's the word homo legeo, homo same lego, the speaker to say. So confess literally means to say the same thing about. It's also translated to name, to cite, to identify, to agree with. So this verse says, if Maybe we will, maybe we won't. We, God's children, agree with God, say the same thing about our sins God does. That's what we're supposed to do. And interestingly, by the way, notice it doesn't say if we ask forgiveness for our sins. You know, the only place in the New Testament, as interesting as it is, that Jesus talks about asking God to forgive us our sins is to forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass us. He's not really saying, ask forgiveness. He's saying, just treat me the way I treat other people. So you have people that don't deserve to be forgiven. Hey, that's good. They're just like me. They're just like you. We don't deserve to be forgiven. So, and, and this, sometimes I'll hear people say, 
And I must confess, when I hear people pray it at church or anywhere else, I just kind of cringe. They'll say, God, uh, if we've sinned today, please forgive us. Well, the fact is you have sinned today. I have sinned today. And, and please forgive us. When I say, God, forgive me of my sins, it's like throwing a blanket over it, covering them all up. God, forgive me of my sins. But notice this verse doesn't say, ask God to forgive us of our sins. It says, if we confess, acknowledge, agree with God, see our sin like God does, an affront to a holy God, and it's not something we want in our lives because he didn't want in our lives. If we confess our sins, that's our part, he, God, is faithful. He does the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So everything that I confess that you confess over and over again, he'll forgive us. And he's not just faithful to do it. He's just. God's fair. God's righteous. God's just. Now, I say this almost every time I teach this passage. I hope I get into the place, this side of heaven, that I don't have to confess the same sins over and over and over and over again. But the fact is, uh, I'm kind of a poster boy for Hebrews where it says, uh, laying aside the sin that so easily besets us. Um, and I find myself confessing the same sin again and again and again. How can God be just to forgive me again and again and again? Because it's not just the words to some hymn, it's really true. When Jesus hung on the cross, Jesus paid it all. Jesus died for all the sins I've ever committed, all the sins you've ever committed. So, so the punishment for sin has been given, but now we, in a fellowship with the God, as his child, we confess our sins so that we can be forgiven and, and get close again. It's like when my child, whom I love, disobeys, and they come back, and I'm sorry, or whatever words they may use. They didn't cease to be my child, but now we're getting along again. That would be wonderful if 1 John 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but it doesn't stop there. It would be great if it did, but it's better that it doesn't. Notice he does something else and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the fact is, if I had to remember every sin I'd ever committed, confess it to be forgiven, I'd be in trouble. And so would you. So God says, you deal with the sins the Holy Spirit brings to mind. I'll forgive you and I'll take care of all the rest. It's kind of like this. Look at this container. This is my life with sin in my life. And the Holy Spirit begins to point out sins. And so I start confessing. And I confess this sin and I confess that sin and I confess this sin and I confess that sin and I confess this sin and I confess that sin. You say, Dennis, you sin a lot. <laughs> yes, I do. And so do you. Don't look so spiritual. So do you. So this verse says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But notice what does he do then? He cleanses us from what? All unrighteousness. So now I've emptied myself of myself and I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to meditate, think about 1 John 1, 9, this verse, and in our next podcast, 
we're going to begin to talk about some specifics about confessing sins. Let me just give you a little heads up, okay? There are thousands and thousands of sins, but all sins can be grouped into just three categories. Just three. And in our next podcast, we're going to talk about those. I hope you'll join us, and I hope before you do, you'll be looking to tell everybody you can the good news about our lovely Lord Jesus. God bless.